Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this special podcast episode. I'm here with my mom. Hello. And we are going to be talking about the differences between growing up with a daughter with gifted skills. Gifted skills, thank you. And a, another daughter with ADHD and dyslexia. And what did you do? You what? How did you know we were different? From day one, I knew you were different. Okay. And the first oh. one is a gifted child because um, I had parenting classes at home, and that helped to realize what the growth dynamics are in childhood. And then when number two came around, which is the eight. D ADHD. A yeah. H A D H D child was different because just a whole different personality from the get go. And um I don't know, I just knew that um both were different and you can't compare kids anyway, so that's what I tried not to do. Um I spoke with the teachers as they developed and when the first one was in school the second one was just getting ready to go to preschool so i would go to the preschool and find out what are good things to do and that's where um um ellie got enrolled in speech therapy and learning how to socialize with other kids and I guess it was three days a week that I would take her to speech therapy um, when she was three or four years old and that was in Puerto Rico and from that it just developed that um, she would do good in school for one class but then the next day she would do the same class and not remember the words or not remember how to spell the words when at home she got a hundred in the spelling of the words and when she got to class she just didn't want to do it or she didn't like the teacher or she didn't like the subject and she just didn't perform she just got a zero didn't do any kind of work and so in first in kindergarten it was still an issue but we just got through kindergarten somehow and then first grade was when um i got i guess that i got counseling for how to deal with a adhd well um when you're when she's talking about her different kids i am the kid with adhd you can talk to me like regular um so I do remember in first grade having to get like tested and we went and got a brain scan and I had to like, I don't know if it was like multiple times or if it was just one time, but I do remember going to like an office and playing with blocks right? and like that's one somebody of the watching tests. me. That's yeah. one of the tests. Okay. And so I have like a small memory of that Ooh. and, uh, not thinking anything of it also we did the brain scan which is the cat the cat scan right where i had to sit I, still I think so and we still have that we still have those 
papers. Papers, and we still have those, the brain scan, where you can see that my mind is working both sides at the same time. It's okay. Okay. Right? Well, they discovered that in one of the tests, I think. Okay. Because I remember you telling me that. You're both left brain and right brain. You use both sides of your brain. At the same time. At the same time. Because we all use our brains. We all use the right side and we all use the left side. But not not everyone uses both sides at the same time. So I feel like that's when I get like hyper, when I need a hyper focus. And I like put on something in my ear so that I can... I put something in my ear so that I can focus on what I'm doing, like putting away the laundry or even like cleaning my room or cleaning the car or doing something at work. That's Darla. Um, organizing your thoughts. Organizing my thoughts. Like I just feel like I need something in my ear in order to, to get it done. Something in your ear as you're listening to music and listening to podcasts and listening to someone talk. Yes. A book. Yes. Things like that. And Not I, that you're hearing people talk to you. I mean, that too. <laughs> That's a different podcast. That's a different day. Um, definitely, we could dive into that subject as well. But today we're talking about just the differences between what, what it is that you did as a parent. We are in back to school mode in this season. It is about to be the first day of school here in Broward County. And for those who don't know, that's Florida. So yeah, just like, what would you, what kind of advice would you give to a parent that has two different children, the same as my sister and myself, where you had to advocate for, for her, for Andrea to like, for her stuff. And didn't you have to advocate for her to even go to school early because of some weird rule i she was born july in the middle of july and the cutoff date for missouri for getting into school was i think july 1st so that made it 14 days um 13 days too much for her to go into kinder at the uh, age of five and so because i knew she would do well on the testing and that she would do okay in kindergarten at the age of five. Um, uh, took her to get some tests done. And it was just like the ones that Elizabeth had that were blocks or whatever they do. They make you cut paper and make you write your name and just ask you general questions that you can um, probably do like a mini interview with the child and they know these things by the time they're five. Anyway, um, she passed the test and then she got into kindergarten at the age of five. Because I think that if she would have started at the age of six, she would have been um, feeling that she could have done that before. And um, I don't know. I think that she would have been behind if she would have started at six. So that's why I had that test at that time. Right. And then for you, for Ellie, the, it was different. I just knew the development was different because where one was always wanting to do things 
Um, Ellie was more into playing by herself and playing with toys and just organizing the toys. Even though she'd be watching television, the television could be on all day, but she was in her world, in her toys, and just playing and had this this uh, the background noise just for background noise. But um, and seeing that was it was just different the way that they would play. So also knowing that um, the speech was needed for her because she had a little bit of trouble with the speech at the beginning. Um, that's why you, I took you to get tested. And also um, I went to the school counselor and asked for help, but they were saying that I didn't have the right to get you tested because I didn't know I wasn't a professional in any subject. And I said, well, I took psychology classes. I majored in social psychology and I have a book, the DSM-3, which was the diagnosis book at the time for counseling. And I looked at that and I looked at all the, um, whatever the significant um, details are that you need to be diagnosed as a a ADHD. ADHD. And with that and with any other diagnosis, you have to have at least three or four or five of the um, items to be even considered that um, you have any difficulties with the subjects. And they said, I didn't know what I was talking about. So I took out my book, I wrote down every single thing that I thought was the same as whatever the symptoms or the diagnosis was from that book compared to what Ellie was doing at home or at school even at that time. And that list compared almost next to each other. I still have that paper somewhere. And I took that and I said, I may not be a professional, but I am her mother. And as her mother, I have the right to uh, petition for her or make sure that she gets the education that I think she needs right. and the help that she needs. And so they would pull her out for special classes like reading and math and um, do one-on-one. -on -one. And whenever she took a test, she would be nervous. So instead of giving her the test, like the spelling words. She knew the words. She had 10 words for first grade, let's say, for example. And she knew them. She knew how to spell it. She knew how to do it. When she got to class, she would not, she would not do it on the paper. She would freeze, I guess. So mm -hmm. when that would happen, the lady suggested, well, maybe if we read the words to her and she writes it down, or if we tell her the word and she tells us by spelling it out loud, we can give her the test that way. And so that's what they would do. They would pull her out of classes and do one-on-one -on -one testing. And she would, she would not fail. She would pass with flying colors because she knew it. She just didn't want to do it at that time with the, well, with the extra pressure. What's weird is I don't remember that. I mean, I remember being pulled out, but I don't remember exactly that people reading me the test. Um, but I do remember 
being tested for certain things. I do remember the CAT scan. Um, I don't. I do remember playing by myself and organizing like the Polly Pockets all around and having the TV in the background. And maybe that's why I need something in my ear. You know, because usually, like, I don't really put the TV on in my room. I have it here, and sometimes we watch TV in here, but most of the time, you know, we watch it in the living room. Um, so I'm not sure, but oh, we have a Mufasa situation. Hold on. <laughs> Rosie just fell off the bed like Mufasa. Okay. So um, you mentioned the DSM3 book which I have it here in my room, but it is outdated. We are now at DSM-5 because I am a psychology student in college. And so, yes, that's my dog cheering me on. So I don't have the DSM-5 because I'm waiting in case it gets revised again to purchase the most up-to-date version. But it is available online for, for free. But most of the items in DSM-3, DSM-4, and DSM-5 are usually the same. They just make one or two word changes or maybe have a new term for something that's just well, yeah, there's modern, a lot of, modernized there's now. There's a lot of modern things happening, which is also another podcast. But, for example, like gaslighting and texting and social and media. Love bombing. All those like good those things. Those kinds of things. So, like, those kinds of things are psychological and also um, probably added to the book. So, I think that's cool. That's just me being nerding out on that because I like that. Um, but I just wrote it down because I realized, like, this has always been what I do, except now it's just not the TV. Now it's just like headphones in my ear and I'm just going around doing the things. Well, but when funny. I'm hyper-focused, I'm just so focused that if you get me out of the focus, then I'm like, what? And it looks like I'm mad at you, but I'm not. It's just that I'm like so in that zone of doing what I need to do, you know? You what I used to, what I used to, what that brought up a memory that I used to do is I would listen to music. I would listen to the radio and I would read books. And I would get into the book so much that I forgot the radio was on. So I guess I do that from the get-go also. I also do that. So I mean, it's not like common for me to do that when I'm reading a book physically as opposed to reading a book audiobook-wise. <laughs> these dogs. But yeah, I, I still am a nervous tester. I mean, I'm in college and when I have exams, I have somebody sitting next to me not help not helping me but like just giving me like a comfort to be there like because it's time then it freaks me out and it's different because it's online schooling and so like I just get really nervous and and cold and just like it's like my whole body kind of goes into like a shock and so I know like people don't like to claim the label ADHD or dyslexic or what have you and it's become very popular within the community like on TikTok and on all the social platforms people are embracing ADHD oh I was diagnosed as an adult oh I was diagnosed here and there and whatever 
when I was a kid and I was diagnosed with ADHD, and this is going to be like, you know, I guess I didn't tell you that I was going to say this, but um, when I was a kid and I was diagnosed with ADHD and, and dyslexia, um, dad was very in denial of like that and was like, no, she doesn't have that and blah, blah, blah. Or I felt that it was that he was in denial of it. So I was in denial of it and it did put a shame on it for me because I was ashamed to tell people that I was dyslexic or that I have dyslexic tendencies where I mix up my letters and my words and my numbers and, and what have you. And also... You had to take medication. I did. I did take medication for till I was in sixth grade, seventh Middle, grade. Middling. Right. And they don't even prescribe that anymore. They don't even prescribe that anymore. But my, my point was like, I was so ashamed because he was ashamed to say like, oh, you know, like that I wasn't perfect. So then I, I felt imperfect at that time. And so kind of like now I'm 35 and going to that family dinner where like our cousin was talking, but then somebody else was talking and I was really trying to focus. And I was like, I will listen to you, but I need to focus because I have ADHD and I will not remember like what is happening. Can you just give me a chance? And so like me being bold enough to say that and, and, and it was very empowering for me and very healing for me in the sense because I didn't have two parents supporting me. I had one parent supporting me. And for the most part, it's been like a redundant thing when it comes to like the millennials and how they're parented. I am a millennial and I have one I have one relationship with one parent. I don't have a two parent relationship and that's okay. That's not what this podcast is about. I'm just saying who I am and what it is because in this version I'm not doing this as a live recording. I'm doing this with my mom here in my room with the three dogs driving us bananas. If you can't hear like the jingles and you can't hear the growling and the gnawing on their toys and everything. So that's what the, this is what it's about. I just, did you ever like feel like that I was ashamed of it? Did you ever see that I was like, like hiding it or anything I didn't know like that? that. Okay. I didn't realize that you were ashamed of it, but I tried to, whenever one would get good grades, um, you would always, you would not get grades. You would get letters, S for satisfactory and um, average. You would get letters and not A, B, C, but different letters as for satisfactory, uh, needs improvement and is doing well or, or can improve on this, whatever. And you had... um what they call an IEP meeting. We, I would have to go to those like monthly and that's an individual education plan or something like that. Uh, individualized plan where um, the teachers that you had at that time would meet with me, the principal, vice principal and the counselor or one of the principal would be there or the vice principal, one or the other and always the counselor and um of course, the special teachers, if they could not be there, they would write something so that somebody could read how you were doing 
in their class at that time if the meeting was at a time that they couldn't participate but they would always have something from that person so it was always teacher teacher special teachers and me a parent and one parent one parent and well two could go but i always went and um the counselor of course and most of those things are just uh, formal because that is how the schools get their fundings for special education, for special books, for special training, for special teachers, and and um, even the gifted, even mm-hmm. the gifted teachers need to do that for just for improvement. Right, and Andrea was in gifted. Right. So then she had that also but different. right but it was hers was a little bit different mm-hmm. because it wasn't every month it was maybe once every six months or something okay on how so she was once doing every i don't like re- even remember the first quarter just, versus like the last quarter probably correct right i just remember um yours because it was every month and we had to sign the papers and i have those papers mm-hmm. in a folder because i wanted to make sure i had everything documented they always said make sure you keep documents of what the progress is and don't let anybody put you down if you think that you need your child to get tested for any reason you're the parent and you know that they need the the training or they need to be pulled out or they need that extra minute even a minute of time for a test makes a difference because if they pull them out and take them to another classroom and give them the test in another classroom by themselves and that could ace that test because they had five extra minutes then that's worth it it's worth it right and um i don't remember which of the counselors you had two different counselors i think the one in in uh, elementary school she um did a training one time and um and they said you know you're a mom and and i said but i'm just a mom what can i do and they they corrected me they go never say that again never say that you're just a mom you're always the mom and you know your child best and you need to document that and help them the best you can because you're the one there you're there with them all the time and the teachers only have them a certain amount of time and even them they switch every once in a while they don't have the same teacher all the time and it just happened that um ellie had the same teachers as andrea did while growing up most of the teachers but yeah it just happened that um some of them they understood the situation and they could help and that helped also that helped a lot i had the same third grade teacher as andrea i think that's the only teacher that i had the same third grade that appeal yeah she was great i loved her i loved her um music teacher yeah but Computer that's not the teacher. same no but i mean it was the same it well, well, we went to well our school was really small we lived in puerto rico at that time we we went to school in fort buchanan and um that was a good those were that was a really good time it was bilingual it was bilingual you had friends the thing is everybody would move you know like it was constantly moving because you're on a military base. Um, there was something I wanted to say. Oh, 
you are the advocate. I wanted to piggyback off of your, you know, the, you as the parent were my advocate until I could advocate for my own self. And even then, you're still my advocate because you are always like, you know, pushing me in a good way to like do better and believing in me. And also to Andrea with her NICU alumni, non for profit, and just, you know, with true elegance and with any idea that I have that's like out of this world because I have like 20,000 ideas and I go with like five of them. But you still support and you still believe in me that I can do these things. And from like when I was like, when I didn't want to go to college after high school and you supported that. And then from when I wanted to go back to college, you know, and I've gone back to college a few times. This is my, this is the most that I have been in college because this is my second year. I think like at the end of December, I don't know, we're not really big drinkers, but we can like open a Coca-Cola or something to like my second year done. Um, the week of Lucy's birthday is uh, December. Is, is my second year completed. So that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, like, advocate for yourself whether it's if you feel like you're sick and you need to go to the doctor and you don't know what you're getting tested for that's going to be the next the next podcast with my mom um advocate for yourself advocate for the, your loved ones that don't have a voice advocate for your children advocate for your parents if they need you to advocate for them because if you're not going to do it who's going to do it i also wanted to touch base on how when i did get all A's or I got A's and B's one year and I thought I was going to get the honor roll and it was like so excited because all I ever would would get and all I've ever gotten was perfect attendance and like trophies for like tap dance and trophies for music for for my chorus because I was um in the chorus for three years and just like I got those kinds of awards, but I never got the honor roll, even when I did get the grades for honor roll. And it was because they gave me the extra time, so they didn't allow me to get the honor roll. So that was not their system. Their system was S. I know. It was a different grading altogether. And I think that they could make something better for people that are in those programs so that they could feel like they get the honor roll also. That would be nice. Yeah, that really, I remember that really hurt me. I was just like expecting for my name to be called. And I was just so excited because I was like, finally, I can be on the honor roll. I got all my, you know, it was all S's or whatever, all satisfactory. It was either fourth or fifth grade. And when but they, we celebrated it. Yeah, we went to Mr. Robbins, a.k.a. Bastian Robbins. But I'd, I it really did hurt my feelings and I still have thought of it, you know, to this day because it's just like, man, you know, that can be really discouraging for a child because they're putting their all, they did their best, they, they got all the good grades and still it's not good enough. It's kind of like that participation trophy, you know, like, I guess my generation is the generation of the participation trophies where like people, just because you're on the baseball team, you get the trophy for being on the team not because you won you know but um 
at the same time, like this was school and I did really good and I was really feeling myself and I was ready for that award ceremony because not only was I going to get perfect attendance because I was always in attendance, but I was also going to get uh, that honor roll. And I was just so, so, so stoked. And then I didn't. And I was, I was really sad. It really, really messed me up. And I do think that it would be a really great idea to have something for anyone in that position. What I liked about being pulled out of class was the diversity in the classroom that I had experienced that not a lot of kids today experience, like with Anna. She had cerebral palsy, right? I don't know what she had. She had something to rest syndrome or something like that. Mm, there was two Annas. But there was we won't name them because I don't really remember their names. Well, I don't remember their last names, but I do remember them and it was I know I think both of them were Annas. And I do I was pulled out and they were always there and just like it gave me a different view on humans in general, you know? Um because you helped care for other people that are not the same as yourself. Right. And then when I moved, when we moved here to Florida, and then my first friend that I made, and I won't mention her name because I don't talk to her anymore, not because of anything, but because it was before MySpace and Facebook and LiveJournal and all the social media that you can keep up with these people. And I don't remember her last name, so I couldn't find her if I wanted to. But I did say that in one breath. Um, but I made a friend who also was um, ADHD. She was in the, the class. She would be pulled out of the classrooms also. And it was like my first day of school. I made a friend with one person. Oh, what do you want? Come here. I made a friend with the first girl I made a friend with and then Later on, I made a friend with the second girl that I was talking about that was in those classes with me. And everybody made fun of her because she was in those classes and everybody was mean to her. And when I was in Puerto Rico, we didn't make fun of anybody. Like, I feel like the only time that I was bullied was when a guy liked me, which I don't think is an acceptable reason to be bullied. But that was the case. He liked me and that was that. So moving here to Florida... There was that that bullying situation and the girl that first girl was like oh you're friends with it that's what she called the second girl she was like you're friends with it i can't be friends with you if you're friends with her and i was like cool i'm not your friend then because i don't i'm not associating with somebody who's going to be mean to to you know people too late but that's what happened. So I made friends with her. We were in the class together. We were in, we were pulled out together for English and math in Florida. And I just feel like the people that were in those classes with me, those people, like I just feel like all of them are misunderstood in a way or another. And I always had felt that way in my education, you know? And going back to the thing where you said about the honor roll, I didn't know you felt that way. Oh. I remember 
that I told you that the S's are like A's and B's and that you should have gotten honor roll. And that's why we went and celebrated because to me it was like you were on the honor roll. Yeah. But I didn't know you had felt like that. Well, that's why, that's why I kind of like, that's why I do pour myself into these podcasts and say how I'm feeling and say how I felt. And I'm like really, I just want to be as real as I can be because if I can't be real on here, where can I be real? You know? But I didn't know you didn't know. And that's healing for the both of us because now you know. I'm okay now. <laughs> but at that time, it was just heartbreaking. It was just like, what? I did everything right and I still didn't get it. And I feel like I was always reaching for that approval from my missing parent also, you know, because I had approval from you, but I never really had that approval and acceptance from him. So there was that, you know. And even though he was there, because he was there, I mean, he, he didn't stop being an active parent in my home until I was like 15 or 16. But he wasn't really active when I look back at the when I look back at my memories I'm like oh interesting like I had I had this idea and we we make these ideas of people and so like I just that's why I try to be as authentic as I can be I can only be me I can only be myself and take me or leave me you know you're not getting up on the bed now you little can crazy we take dog. a break yeah, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Five minutes. Five minutes. And we are back. So we left off talking about how I thought I was going to get on roll. And I didn't. And it's okay. Um, the difference between having a gifted child and a child of special needs. And not looking at it in a bad lens, just looking at it as in your child needs it this way and your other child needs it that way. Or if you only have one child or if you have five children, you know, and just meeting them where they're at as opposed to trying to change them. And the other thing is um, if you think that they need to stay um, like with Andrea, if she needed to stay in kindergarten or um, if the test didn't come back where she would pass, she would pass the test or if she did not pass the test, she could continue in kinder whenever the time was right to start. Um, and then if she needed to excel or get into a special program after, they could evaluate her later. But I feel that she started at the right time because she met her goals and she kept doing well in her classes mm -hmm. and i think that if she had stayed back and started at six she would have i think felt behind like fallen behind in reading and in math and, and everything else or felt like she was um she could complete everything and then someone else help someone else in class where this way she was with the class through the whole session is that what not, she would do though and not be a teacher would... if if she would have been 
six years old and starting kinder, she probably would have been more or less a teacher's helper trying to help the other person that was not as advanced. Or she ahead. could have um, skipped a grade at that time. That also, but I didn't know that at that time, and I didn't know how that system worked because I was in the military base, and I didn't really know how those systems would well, work at that time. I remember that being an option for her later on in life as well because she was so advanced in AP classes and, and whatnot, like history. And I just remember that was an option. And didn't she do like dual enrollment she at one point? She did dual enrollment in high school, yes. Right. Oh, my goodness. These dogs are going to drive me banana sandwich. It's raining outside, so our oldest is... um. Is being a brat. <laughs> but she's happy. She's living her floppy ear life. Lay down, Bess. <laughs> it's too funny. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it is what it is. They always interrupt my show when I'm live. So what's the difference if I'm home and I'm doing this or if I'm um, recording with you? And, like, what's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> okay. As far as Andrea's um, classes, they also pulled her out for special reading and for special math and that i think was advanced reading and advanced math classes whereas for elizabeth it was to give extra time for andrea it was to get ahead in the classes so maybe that's why right she did so well in high school and got to ap extra classes and all that mm -hmm. because she already had that when she was in elementary school uh, elementary and intermediate are the same thing but in puerto rico elementary and intermediate are divided as where in florida they are together just so that everybody is on the same page with us um what was my question elementary my is was in puerto kinder, rico in puerto rico was from pre-kinder to second grade and then third grade to fifth, fifth grade. grade was intermediate because of the size of the school and where they were located on the base, that's why they were divided like that. Otherwise, they probably would have been in the same building, but the, that's why they divided it like that. Yeah. And then middle school was 6th to 8th grade and high school was ninth to 12th well, what in was Puerto it, Rico. What was it like for, for you to have two different kids, like totally different? Obviously, all kids are different. All humans are different and so on but i see it even now today with the kids that are in my life and like the difference between like the toughness or like the sensitiveness or just like the attachment versus the detachment like one of the kids in our lives they're siblings and the older sibling is attached to everything and needs to keep everything where the younger sibling is like okay, get rid of it. It's cool. Bye. You know, you know what I mean? So what was it like to have those two? You have my sister. And also when she says Elizabeth, she's talking about me. I'm Elizabeth, but everybody knows me as Ellie. So for those who didn't know my name, <laughs> it's Elizabeth. Um, and my mom calls me that. <laughs> so, um, and like anybody can call me that really is my name. So, um, Okay, me? Yes, you. We had to pause so 
there was a little delay because there's a thunderstorm happening and our dogs are going a little crazy. Um, so going back to you for the question that I asked just a minute ago about like what it was like to have two different kids, totally different. I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, I just did whatever I could at the time um, with the grades and things like that. I would always try to buy two gifts, no matter what, the same kind of thing, one red and one blue or whatever, the thing that I would get a notebook or something and say, this one's for you and this one's for you. So to get rewarded at the same time, even if it was an A, a B, a C, or an S or a needs improvement or whatever, because I wanted both of you to feel that you were doing the best you could at that time. And I didn't want to say, oh, she got A's, so she's the brainiac and you didn't get A's, but you're still a brainiac because you got the S's and you were doing the best you could. Okay. And I wanted you to feel like you could do it and know that you could do it. And I knew you could do it. It was just a sense of, hey, I don't like this teacher, I'm not gonna do it. And and the beginning of the year, every year, was a struggle with both of you because you wouldn't like a teacher at first. And it was like the first week of school was like, I'm not going back. I'm not going to go back to this teacher. I don't want to learn. I don't want to do this. By the end of the year, you were the teacher's best friend. So Both of us? Yes. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yes. I know me. Both of you. I believe me. Because but I, was, love I don't like this feel. teacher. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to school. And I want to do this, and it was both of you. It was different teachers at different times, but yes, I'm sure it was That's both. That's so of you. funny. Um, me, my sister, and I were a lot alike, but we're also very different. So, like, it's funny. It's funny when I hear things that we're so much alike on, like that little example. Yes. The other thing was that I was always at your schools because I was a volunteer parent from when you were in pre-k to at least first grade i was always at the elementary school again those schools were divided because of the way the bases and the sizes of the schools there but regardless i was always doing pta or volunteered with your classrooms or i was always active as far as being in the school so because i was an active parent most of the teachers knew me and you guys always knew when I was in the school area because you knew the sound of my keys and I didn't realize that till later but regardless um, <laughs> I would be at the school and because of that one day in the cafeteria I realized I'm sitting there and just talking with one of the teachers and I think it was the vice principal next to the teacher and she says you're always here why don't you just teach why don't you uh, substitute teach you know you can do that right um she asked me do you have a degree and i go yeah i have a bachelor's degree she goes well what are you doing being a parent uh volunteer parent come and teach come and be a substitute so the next week i went and got the paperwork done and i became a substitute teacher and i was there more than before so mm -hmm. i was constantly being called for um first second grade third grade mostly up to fifth grade I think I did middle school maybe once, which was probably a sixth grade class. And I did a high school once, and that was it. Ew. Because I said, <laughs> I'm not doing high school again, because it was a gym class. 
I went in jogging pants, t-shirt, and sneakers because, hey, it's gym. And I was the shortest person in the classroom, of course, because all these kids are high schoolers. And I'm not tall. So I'm sitting on the bleachers with a, bunch of, <laughs> with a bunch of kids that are high schoolers. And they were all around me. And someone comes in from administration and says, where's your teacher? And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, right here. I'm the teacher. You're the teacher? Okay. And from that day on, I never volunteered for high school again. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I do remember you being a substitute teacher. And I remember answering the phones like in the morning at our house to like if you were going to be called in or whatever. Um, I remember. What was it? You weren't allowed to be our substitute teacher. That was like. Your classroom. You couldn't be my classroom or Andrea's, or Andrea's classroom. classroom. But you I could, could anybody else's classroom. I could work in your classroom if I wasn't in the special. Part. I could do anything but the special. But you never substituted I, my classroom. But I didn't want to. I yeah, because to. I think that would have been really it, distracting. It was very hard. Um, like very distracting. Like I know I was like, oh, my mom's in the next building next to me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And like. Everybody knows that I'm a major mama's girl, major, major. And I mean, it only has gotten worse. So um, this is true. <laughs> but like, you know, and, and not to say that our relationship hasn't had its, you know, trials and tribulations because it has. But um, we have gotten to this point in our relationship where we can have these conversations. And I feel like we've had this conversation not recorded. And so that's what made me have this idea where we could sit and have conversations like this about the upbringing and about like what is it, what are the tools that you can you know provide for parents that have children with special needs, whether it's that they are exactly that's Darla, whether they are super duper advanced in their learning skills, or whether they just need a little bit of extra help and how to like hone in. On to and extra help with family is also important too because Grandma Lucy would come in and have Ellie sit down at the oh, table the worst. and do homework. <laughs> and until she finished her homework, she was not getting up from that table. However, she needed to go to the bathroom 20 times and she needed to do get water 20 times and she needed to do I, I don't even holes. remember half of the things <laughs> that she had to do, but she would not get released from grandma until she finished all her homework yeah so that was interesting also i mean and 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 abuela was a really tough teacher <laughs> you know uh i w like i wish that we could have this conversation with her here too because that would have been great she would have been like hi elizabeth no tate quieta tate quieta elizabeth oh my gosh um but it was, you know, it's fun to think back about it because she would, she would help me with my math. And I was really good at math until I think middle school. And then I started getting bad at math. But, um, yeah, it was fun. Like, just thinking about it and just like, yeah, having that extra support. And if you don't have a family that can support you, if you have friends that support you with like that kind of tutoring or if you have, you know, resources at the school that provide tutoring or what you know look for all the resources advocate for your children that is 
that is the point. That is the message of today's podcast is to be there for your kid the way that my mom was there for me and for my sister and that she continues to be there for us in other ways now that we're adults. Darla agrees. And that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it for now. You don't want me to ask you any more questions? You know, no. <laughs> so next time on the special with my mom, she's going to be interviewing me. And we're going to talk about how I was diagnosed with celiac disease right before my 21st birthday. And for those who don't know what celiac disease is, I'll just give you the teaser. It is wheat, oat, barley, rye, and flour right before my 21st birthday. And this is, this is a totally different version of me at that time, but I was not allowed to have any beer. I never had beer ever um, in my life. And I was a big pasta girl and a big bread girl and all the stuff that is gluten. So we're going to go down that rabbit hole next time we're on our conversation so thank you so much for listening we hope that you have a wonderful week thank you thank you mom you're welcome for your time and your energy and your support and your love and your wisdom and i could go on and on because i'm a major mama's girl um but for now we leave you with that thank Um, you thank you so much bye everyone